Today's episode of the Nick Bob Podcast is brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors. If you're ready to rock with that spring project with some new windows, new doors, you need to get with my people at Pella. you got a couple directions you can go to get started. You can schedule a free in-home consultation where you're going to get a Pella expert out to sit down with you, look at your home, and they're going to be able to put together a Bill Self, Greg McDermott, Jay Wright, Coach K, Mark Few S game plan for you that fits your budget, your wants, and your needs. Or you can head out to their showroom. That's another option as well. they got showrooms with Pella in Lincoln and in Omaha. Great place to start as well. Get started on your spring projects with Pella. Check them out online, PellaOmaha.com. That's PellaOmaha.com. And the Nick Bob Podcast is brought to you by Runza. You know what goes great with March Madness? Runza. Get you some delicious runs of food, park it on the couch, watch some NCAA tournament games. Man, that's a unbelievable combination right there. You know, Runza is always the number one seed in any bracket, let's be honest. But if I were seeding Runza menu items, these would be my four number one seeds at Runza. Number one seed, Cheese Runza, just an original, great, fantastic goodie. Love it. Number one seed, Southwest Chicken Salad, my favorite salad on the menu. Love it. Number one seed, good old double cheeseburger with ketchup only to pay respect to my 10-year-old self, the 10-year-old Nick Bob that just wanted ketchup only. And of course, number one seed, large order of the best French fries on the planet. There you go. My top four runs of menu items, all number one seeds. So complete your March Madness viewing experience and get to Runza and taste all the deliciousness of Runza. Runza makes it all better. All right, on this episode of the podcast, we are previewing the West region. And the West region features some really, really interesting teams. Got some uh, a balanced region. And I'll be honest, uh, a lot of the, the higher seeds that I liked on paper heading into this tournament aren't in this region, which sometimes makes it even harder. I really wanted to kind of get crazy with this region and have a few pseudo-surprising runs with some teams and upsets. Uh, to to maybe carry some double digit seeds into the Sweet 16, but it was a, it was an interesting one to put a pen to paper and fill out some historic Ken Palm numbers to keep in mind. I, I, I want to say this before we get into each region. I remember talking about this last year, but I needed a refresher on all the ins and outs, and and a lot of these this number crunching was done by my good friend, my good pal John Bishop. Uh, 1620 on Sportsmanlike Conduct and the play-by-play voice of the Creighton Blue Jays. Uh, but chew on chew on these these factoids and these trends and these numbers. Uh, think about this. Every national champion since 2002 has been a top 25 Ken Palm defensive efficiency rated team. It was a top 20 Ken Palm defense that all the national champions were inside the top 20. But Baylor was 22nd last year, but that's still pretty damn close. So you got to kind of expand it to top 25. And all but one national champion since 2002 has been a Ken Palm top 20 offensive efficiency rated team. UConn is the one exception, the one team. They won it in 2014 their offense was ranked 39th in Ken Palm offensive efficiency, but their defense was also ranked number number 10. So they were they were pretty darn good. But I bring those those 20 years of of Ken Palm data and trends up to help somewhat kind of narrow the gap of who is historically speaking a team that fits that criteria of national champion caliber. 
right? Because sometimes we use a lot of different ways to judge teams and eye test, and I like this player and that player, and what does a team look like? Well, sometimes the numbers don't lie, and two decades of, of numbers is a pretty good sample size. So the only teams in the field of 68, the only teams in the NCAA tournament field that are top 20 in both Ken Palm offense and Ken Palm defensive efficiency are the following teams. Arizona, Gonzaga, Houston, Baylor, and UCLA. That's it. Those five teams. And then there are five more teams that are just that are right on the outside looking in, just barely missed that cut. Kansas, Auburn, Villanova, Kentucky, and Illinois. So historically speaking, with two decades of Ken Pomeroy, Ken Pom analytical data trends, your national champion is in that group of for sure five teams, UCLA, Baylor, Gonzaga, Arizona, Houston, or potentially from that other crop of five teams to expand it even more, you expand it to Villanova, Kansas, Kentucky, Auburn, Illinois. That's it. So in this region, the West region, Gonzaga is the only team that fits that elite group of teams that would fit into that trend of a team that could win the whole thing. Only one team, there's only one team in this region, and that's Gonzaga. Just food for thought. And listen, not saying I'm always going to abide by that, right? And again, this is national champion, not just winning a regional and getting to a Final Four. This is winning the whole thing, a national champion. But it certainly is something to keep in mind as you kind of fill out your bracket all the way through. It's a good way to kind of start each region with that reminder. Okay, who are the teams that fit that criteria with 20 years of data and trends? And then build it out from there. Again, not saying you have to totally abide by that, but it's just an interesting thing to keep in mind. Okay, here we go. West region. You got your number one seed, which is Gonzaga, your two seed, Duke, three seed, Texas Tech, and four seed, Arkansas. Let's dive into this region because I picked every single game in the West region. Here we go. I hope you are ready to rock because I know I am. Number one seed, Gonzaga versus 16 seed, Georgia State. Gonzaga wins. Don't need to elaborate because we've got plenty of time to talk about Gonzaga as this, this episode progresses. Number eight seeded, Memphis. Nine seed Boise State, eight nine game. Great game. You have two different paces at play here. Memphis wants a crazy fast game. They're ridiculously athletic, 35th in Ken Palm tempo. Boise State wants to slow the sucker down. They rank 307th in tempo. Now, what's interesting with Memphis is they had kind of a uh, the old addition by subtraction occur with them midway through the year. Imani Bates, who was a really talented five-star freshman, he left the team, and ever since, Memphis has been much better. They've won 12 of their last 14 games, and so they have seemingly kind of figured it out after what was kind of a disappointing start to the year. You look at Boise State, they won the Mountain West regular season title and conference tournament title, which is impressive because the Mountain West Conference was a pretty darn good conference, right? Colorado State, Wyoming, San Diego State. Now, boys, I mean, you have four teams in the, in the field. And to me, this is like a lot of 8-9 games, a true coin flip. I'm going to lean Boise State 
mainly because I think the Mountain West was a was a better conference in the AAC, and I am going to lean Leon Rice as a head coach over Penny Hardaway. I think Boise State's going to be able to rebound the ball well enough on defense and take care of the ball well enough, which is huge when you play Memphis because they're going to really pressure you and get after you to win this game. Again, it's close, but I'm going to go Boise State. The 5-12 game, UConn, the 5-seed, 12, New Mexico State. I really like UConn in this game. I've seen UConn a bunch this year, not only on film but in person, doing my games on Fox. They're, these two teams, they're very similar teams that they want They want to kick your ass on the glass. They're both physical. They want to they want to get a lot of second-chance opportunities. They're both those types of teams. And I just think UConn is a better version of that kind of a team. They're the more athletic team. They're the bigger team. They're the more physical team. Plus, New Mexico State's leading scorer is Teddy Allen, former Nebraska guard, and, and he's a guy that can really, really score. But he's a, he's erratic. He's a little emotional. Um, he can get baited into a one-on-one kind of pissing contest. He's going to talk shit. He's going to he, he's he's a guy that is going to really I think on this stage is going to really try to try to hit a home run on every play. And to me, UConn can match all of that and exploit some of that. UConn's got some real hard rocking dudes that are going to get right into Teddy Allen's grill, and they got some real defenders that are going to make things really, really hard on Teddy Allen. So I think that UConn's a better version of New Mexico State in terms of how they want to play, and I think they're going to be able to slow down New Mexico State's leading scorer in Teddy Allen. So I think UConn wins comfortably in this game. The four seed, Arkansas Razorbacks versus the 13 seed, Vermont. You know, I'm... Arkansas is athletic and disruptive, no question about it. But I'm leaning Vermont here for an upset. This is my first real kind of, uh uh-oh, what happened here? Vermont, think about this. Vermont ranks number one in the country in defensive rebounding percentage. They're they're percentage-wise the best defensive rebounding team in the country, and they're 16th in the country in turnover percentage. So I just don't think Arkansas is going to be able to turn Vermont over and I think Vermont's going to also be able to rebound the ball defensively. So those extra possessions that Arkansas usually gets game in and game out, I think are going to be harder in this game. And I think that really bodes well for Vermont. And then you look at all of Vermont's offensive efficiency numbers, and they're really, really good. I think it's going to be a close game, but I'm going to ride with Vermont in the upset over Arkansas. The Dick Bob Podcast is brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors, and I want to talk to you guys about energy efficiency. And if you go into Pella's website right now, you look at it, and how about this? One, two, three, four, five different types of windows or doors by Pella won the Energy Star 2020 Most Energy Efficient Award. That's big time stuff right there. And they achieved that in a couple of waves. They got insulated glass, which slows the heat transfer, keeping your home at a more comfortable temperature. They got types of low E glass, which is a glass coating that has been optimized for your climate. They got triple pane glass, which you can upgrade to for increased insulating airspace. And within all of that, one of the keys is proper installation, which is key for window and doors to perform at their best. And you know the Pella experts are excellent at that. Bottom line, energy efficiency matters in making your home more comfortable. And Pella windows and doors are at the top of the line when it comes to energy efficiency. Check them out online, PellaOmaha.com. That's PellaOmaha.com. Then you have uh, what we need to get the play-in game, Rutgers and Notre Dame. I'm going to roll with Rutgers winning in Dayton and then 
getting to square off with the sixth seed, Alabama Crimson Tide. So then you have the sixth seed, Bama, 11 seed, Rutgers. Here's the thing. We see it every year. It was UCLA last year that came out of the play-in game and made a run. We, we see it almost every year, a team in that, in that 11 seed play-in game, that 12 seed play game, wherever, comes out of Dayton and makes a run. I think it could be Rutgers. I think, in all reality, this is a bad matchup for Alabama. Rutgers is a physical, older, beat-you-up kind of a team. That's how Steve Peichel has, has built an identity there. And they're gonna, they, they can and will slow the game down, which is not what Bama wants. Bama wants to play fast. They want to shoot a million threes. They want the game in the high 80s, in the 90s, and Rutgers just won't let that happen. Rutgers is experienced. They won an NCAA tournament game last year. They're old. They're tough. I got Rutgers coming out of the play-in game and winning then in what would be the first round over Bama. 3-14 game. Texas Tech, the three seed, 14 seed is Montana State. Montana State just have a good, they have a good big man inside, but listen, I don't think it's going to matter. Texas Tech's defense is big time, number one ranked defense in the country. Texas Tech wins the game. 7-10 game. Seven seed, Michigan State, 10 seed, Davidson. I had a really hard time with this game. Lots of 8-9 games and 7-10 games can, can kind of be like that. Uh, there's, there's a big part of me that really wants to pull the trigger and take Davidson. It's truly one of the best offenses in the country. That's kind of Davidson's thing. It's a true motion offense, a lot of staggers and different things away from the basketball that's unique and tough to cover. All of Davidson's number or offensive numbers are great. They're 11th in offensive efficiency. What's interesting is Foster Lawyer is Davidson's point guard. Foster Lawyer was at Michigan State for a few years. In fact, he started at point guard for a lot of games last year. So kind of a juicy storyline in that one. And what's hard is, you know, Michigan State, I just, I don't know how uber talented Michigan State actually is, but at the same time, they got Tom Izzo. And keep in mind this, this is largely the same Michigan State team. And you could argue they've added some, some you know, with, with Christie and a couple of guys, they've added some, some pieces to it. But it's largely this is the same Michigan State team that was up double figures on UCLA in the first four last year and lost to the Bruins in overtime. And then, like we just referenced, UCLA makes a run all the way to the Final Four. UCLA was really close to losing to Michigan State in the first four, and then UCLA makes a run. Just food for thought with the Spartans. But because of that and because of because of Tom Izzo, Tom Izzo's first-round record is pretty good, historically speaking. I'm going to lean with the Spartans, although I think Davidson's going to give them all they can handle because they are a really tough team to guard in, in, in the half-court offensively. Uh, the 2-15 game, Duke, two-seed, 15-seed, Cal State Fullerton. Duke wins big. Don't need to elaborate on it. Duke wins big. Second-round matchups. Number one seed, Gonzaga. Number eight seed, Boise State. Leon Rice versus Mark Few, uh, where Leon Rice is a former Mark Few assistant. It's kind of an interesting, juicy storyline there. I got I got Gonzaga. I think there's just too much in the front line with Drew Timmy and Chet Holmgren. Uh, I like Boise State. Again, I respect coming out of the Mountain West uh, like they did. But Gonzaga, those the 8-9 the games are really difficult if you get past them to, to deal with a one seed. Uh, I got Gonzaga winning that game. Five seed UConn versus the 13 seed Vermont. Actually kind of a tough matchup for UConn because of what I just talked about and how Vermont is built in terms of being able to rebound defensively and the fact that they are tough to turn over. 
But I do think UConn punches through. I think UConn is going to get to the Sweet 16. I'm pretty high on Danny Hurley's Husky squad. Again, a team I've seen in person a handful of times. Number three-seeded Texas Tech Red Raiders versus the 11th seed Rutgers Scarlet Knights. I think this is going to be a backyard, street alley brawl, extremely low-scoring game that will feature two physical, defensive-minded teams. Again, Texas Tech, number one defensive efficiency team in the country, number one. And what's hard is I want to take Rutgers since of since what I said of we see it almost every year where a team comes out of the play-in game and makes a run of the second round or to the Sweet 16. But I just think this Texas Tech team is too good on defense to let that happen. I think they're too good defensively where even if they have a night where they can't throw it in the ocean, I think they're going to have their, be able to lean on their defense and be just fine. I think it's a really close game. It wouldn't surprise me to see have it be Rutgers be the team that makes that run out of Dayton. But I'm going to take Texas Tech to win this game. And then you have uh, the 2-7 matchup in the second round. I got Duke and Michigan State. Tom Izzo versus Coach K in Coach K's final year coaching at Duke. I mean, you talk about a highly rated, fun matchup early in the first weekend. Oh, my goodness. I, I've said it before. I, I don't think Michigan State's that uber-talented, and I think Duke is. I think Duke is vastly superior physically and talent-wise. Michigan State doesn't have a matchup for Paulo Bencaro. Lots of teams don't, but Michigan State doesn't have anybody, I think, that can slow that guy down. I think Duke wins and punches their way to the Sweet 16. So Sweet 16 matchups in the West region. I got the one-seed Gonzaga taking on the five-seed UConn. Whew, I wish I had a beer here before I, I give you my pick here because this is almost a tough one to say out loud here. I'm going to take a drink. It's not beer. It's LaCroix, but let's just let's dream a little bit here. I got the one seed going down here. I think UConn's good enough to get it done. I think UConn's going to beat Gonzaga in the Sweet 16. I, I might be eating crow and everybody can laugh at me, but I'm I'm sold 1,000% on Gonzaga's front line. 1,000%. Drew Timmy, Chet Holmgren, come on, man. Big time. Basically the best front line in the country. I think those guys are fantastic. But UConn does have the bodies and the size to throw out those two just to make them work, make them tough, make it be tough for them. But to me, I've thought all year, I've been a little concerned with Gonzaga's backcourt. Think about last year's team. Gonzaga's three best guards off last year's roster are not there this year. You had Jalen Suggs, Corey Kispert, and Joel Yai. All three of those guys are not on the squad. I like Nemhard. I don't think he's as good as Suggs and Ayai and Kispert were. So I think this is where ultimately that guard play is going to catch up to him. I think UConn is, is the more athletic team, top to bottom. And R.J. Cole for UConn has the kind of game that could that could make a March Madness type of run. Like, R.J. Cole can handle it, he can shoot it, he can get to the rim, he can finish in the paint, he can shoot the three, he's great with the ball in his hands, he's steady, he's confident, he's older, he's strong. So, I think the, I think Gonzaga, UConn's got the athletes and the size to, to at least make it tough on, UConn, on Gonzaga's front line, and then I think R.J. Cole's going to be the best guard on the floor. I got the upset. I got the number one seeded Gonzaga Bulldogs going down. 
I got UConn going to the Elite Eight. How about that? And then the two-seed Duke taking on three-seed Texas Tech. Big-time game here. This will be a blast to watch because the I just can't wait to watch the amazing Texas Tech defense attack Duke's high-powered offense. I mean, that's just going to be so much fun to watch, how they try to slow down Palo Caro and Keels and all those guys. It's going to be really, really fun to watch because you got the number one defense versus the number seventh-ranked offense. I think Duke's going to be able to make enough plays. I think they're going to be able to – Paulo Carroll's going to be a handful in ball screen situations at six foot ten and being able to read and, and score and, and, and distribute. I think it's a close game, but I got Duke winning and getting to the regional final. So here we go. Elite Eight West Regional Final. Number two seeded Duke Blue Devils. Five seed UConn. Here's where UConn won't be able to overwhelm Duke with with its athleticism. Because, you know, guy for guy, Duke is is just as athletic as UConn is. And I think Duke is going to be able to rebound the ball well enough, and I think they're going to be able to score at the rim easy enough as well. I I just think Paulo Bancaro is a matchup nightmare. I think Duke's going to be locked in and motivated. In some ways, I almost think the uh, losing that North Carolina game, that big final home game uh, in Cameron Indoor, was a good way to kind of like snap Duke out of the pressure, the players of of playing for Coach K. Like, they, I think they were a little wide eyed and and they were a, a little tight that game. I think in some ways that'll kind of get them ready for the NCAA tournament. I think they're going to be up to the challenge. I got Duke over UConn in the West Regional Final. So I got Duke in Coach K's final year winning the West Region and going to the Final Four. A Huda Media Production.